Hi, I'm Whitney Walker, and this is the Women Waken podcast, where I interview guests who are in the field of healing and spiritual work using their unique gifts of the divine feminine. We talk all about these amazing gifts that these particular guests have and how they're bringing them forth in the world. On this episode, I welcome the world-traveling Vanille Makwakwa. Vanille joins me from her current residence in Costa Rica and shares about her 15 years of traveling, living in 12 different countries. Vanille is an author, a speaker, world traveler, of course, and founder of Wealthy Money, a wealth coach, and a podcast host of Property Magicians Podcast. Vanille is a woman of many gifts. In addition to being a money coach, she also helps people with working on their nervous system, addressing trauma through the inner child, and in general, helping people to release their feelings of inadequacy and insufficiency to embrace money, abundance, and a full acceptance of themselves in order to have a life of exuberance, freedom, and fun. So take a listen, enjoy, and here's my guest. Hi, Vanille. Welcome to the Women Waken podcast. Hi, with me. Thank you so much for having me on this podcast. I appreciate it. Yes. I have been looking forward to having you on the show since we connected back in September and yeah. I was on the road and we, we had a phone call and I heard about your fabulous life and I, you know, I was traveling, but I heard about your extensive travel and basically the life you've made out of traveling and seeing the entire yeah. world while at the same time being an author, a speaker, a the founder of Wealthy Money, a wealth coach, a podcast co- um, host of the Property Magicians podcast, basically just a really awesome person. And I felt very attuned with you because you're focused on a lot of the offerings and things that I am focused on, which is to helping people get more stability, balance, and sort of trust and faith in themselves. Mm. But also getting around the world and seeing some different places. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. I know. And when we connected, I was in Mexico. I'm now in Costa Rica. And I was... I in the process of planning a retreat and also um, writing my draft for my next book. Ah, oh, it was such a chaotic time. <laughs> wow! So you're you're writing a, a new book? Yes, I've just I sent the draft. I'm three quarters of the way in with the publish uh, to the publishers, and they've had like the. Um, inserts and stuff but I have to finish the last remaining quarter of the book but you know like I was already like I'm already like 40 something thousand words in and (laughs) I guess I just put uh, just went through like I am exhausted give it a break in September and I haven't like even looked at the books the whole time that I've been here in Costa Rica. So I arrived here on the 20th of September. And as we're recording this, it's like the 19th of October. I haven't looked at that book, haven't looked at a single chapter. I just want to give myself another break until the end of October, then I'll get back to writing. Yeah. Oh girl. I, I say it all the time. I don't know how people write books in 2021. I was like, I'm going to write a book this year. And for about six months, I wrote every day. And then I was like, I am not ready for this. And I put it down and I haven't looked at it since. It's hard. It's overwhelming. And it's, it takes a lot of, you know, creative, that creative energy, you know, they call it writer's block because you have that flow, but then all of a sudden you're, you're like, uh, I don't, (laughs) I got nothing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that I've learned, like I felt like I would get to a block if I didn't take a break. I think I had to trust what my body was saying and what my mind was saying, which is you're tired. You need a break. You need to rest and you don't have to push it. And I just had to trust that like somehow within all this, I'll make the publisher sort of deadline because I mean they haven't really said like there's a deadline but they've been like it would be nice if you could tell us when you'll be done and if you could be done (laughs) 
five yeah. uh, so that we could maybe plan a launch for the first quarter of 2023 and just trusting that that like okay if it's done it's done if it's not it's not but yeah just working with that and I'm really glad because randomly I was writing a magazine article because I also write for magazines and stuff so I was writing a magazine article about two days ago and there was this research I wanted to cite particular research around trauma and uh, inherited trauma and I couldn't find the author I couldn't find the book like as I was writing the book for like months and months I kept researching researching and then a few days two days ago I'm randomly randomly writing this article and something's like just search this phrase I we got led to the actual book, the author, just like a gold mine of things that I wanted to cite in the book. And I'm like, I can't believe this. I spent months searching every single possible thing. And then I searched the most random thing and it comes up. Yeah. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I love that. Well, okay. So you say that you had this like out of nowhere, but I would call that like a bit of a divine hit where we get that sort of guidance yeah. from our, you know, intuitive or, you know, whatever yeah. system you want to call it that sort of gives us that little um, breadcrumb or hint that leads us towards what we're looking for, but can't quite find. Amen. And, <laughs> yes. And what a great yes. thing. And we were, we were just talking about, you know, I was asking how you got to Costa Rica because you, as you said, you're in Costa Rica, which I feel like I can see it in the background and it looks lush and gorgeous. As I live in a jungle and okay, so it's just this little house and it's in the jungle. So beautiful. I'm sure you can see there's like windows. I'm out on the balcony at the moment. Yeah. And every morning there's just like howler monkeys they just like make a noise, wake us up. And <laughs> I'm sure they're waking everybody up. And is- you just see monkeys. Like I'll be sitting out here and there'll be a monkey. There's hummingbirds that come up to me in the middle of the day. Like the first time that happened, I was like, what is happening? And the hummingbirds were coming like right up to my face. It's insane. Wow. It's magical. <laughs> That is, oh my gosh, that sounds incredible. And it echoes everything I've heard about living in Costa Rica. Because I I was also telling you that I have about five people right now, two who are currently in Costa Rica. One actually, um, the lovely Kate Alexandra, who I interviewed on my podcast two weeks ago, she was in Costa Rica while I was interviewing her. And then another good friend of mine who was on the uh, podcast in the past, her name is Mia Yakel. She's living there now. She's been there for like six months and she sees sloths. On, yes. you know, like on a regular basis. She yep. lives in the jungle right by the beach. It just seems incredible. But what I was asking you is how you ended up there because both those ladies and other people who are, I know a lot of people going to Costa Rica early next year, they all felt this draw. There was something about Costa Rica right now that feels very rich or something is, you know, an offering is there. Something about the potency of the energy in Costa Rica seems very strong. And um, I'm actually planning to go next May because I feel it too. So I'm coming. (laughs) This is so incredible. Cause like, honestly, I've been like a little like, uh, Costa Rica, why am I even going? Like this was me before I even arrived in Costa Rica. Right. Like I've just been like that. I've just been like, why am I here? Why am I even going? Why am I even going to Costa Rica? Really? I should have been going somewhere else. Like I just, you know, in my head, but like I was telling you when you're asking uh, before the podcast, did I feel drawn to this? I was like, no, but (laughs) I feel like I was divinely guided to Costa Rica Because I feel like if I wasn't in Costa Rica at this time, I don't know where I, what would be happening. So much happened since we last spoke that I needed a place that could center me and hold me. And I could not have planned this, (laughs) like honestly, in my own human way. But Costa Rica has been the perfect place for my healing, the perfect everything. It's just been incredible being here. 
So I feel like, yeah, maybe I didn't want to come, but I was divinely guided. And now that I'm here, like, I've been like, oh, yeah, like I can see how I can keep coming back here. There's something very peaceful about this place. There's something that draws you to take a break, to just Mm. rest. Like, I feel like I've been good with rest um, in my life. And I talk a lot about that, but I feel like being here has asked me to go even deeper in rest to really really sink into rest to trust the process of resting and to know that I will be fine the more that I rest it's it's actually so intriguing and it's just got that energy and so I feel like we're all being drawn here because we've experienced so much the last few years and probably like we still live in the culture of go, go, go. Mm-hmm. Costa Rica doesn't really support that hustle culture at all. I promise you when like in Puerto Viejo, literally the energy gets you to just rest and go within and chill. Like I've done so much journaling out here. I've been doing so much more inner work than I've done in a long time so much meditation the land is just that and also it's nature like you're surrounded by trees like I keep thinking like where it's not very often where you get to live in a jungle and like the monkeys like I'm like literally on any day every day I'm just like oh there's a monkey and I'm sitting on the porch and I'm just drinking tea or something and I'm watching that you know, it's amazing. Wow. That see, I just, I love, it's so nice to to hear that, that it's, that you're able to trust, you know, going to a place and being in a time where it's more about rejuvenating and healing and just mm-hmm. being in an environment that just, you don't have to do anything. Just being in yeah. that space is healing. And it has, you know, a special properties that, that no other place does. And mm-hmm. I feel, you know, like that really ties into your lifestyle in general, because yeah. what, again, what I was so connected with you about is that you've been traveling for years. Is it 15 years now? You've lived as a child. Yeah. And it sounds like you've pretty much gone wherever you felt was the place for you at that time. Mm. And that takes so much trust and yeah. faith that, you know, it's okay to have sort of an alternative lifestyle, not have like a standard life that we're all told we're supposed to have, where we yeah. you know, have a home and we stay there and we, you know build our roots, which there's roots are important yet. There's also something to say for, you know, you can be somewhere for a certain amount of time and still have that energizing root system, but then be able to uproot and move on when the Mm, time is right. mm, I love that. So actually there was a time in between 2012 and 2014, where it just felt too much for me at the beginning of 20. 12, I moved back to South Africa and I bought property. I got myself, I had to pay off my $60,000 in debt, all that. And that's how I started on my journey in entrepreneurship. Well, not started, that's a lie. I've been an entrepreneur all my life, but that's where I started on my journey on like becoming a cash entrepreneur with no credit, nothing, right? No credit cards or anything. But why I moved back home was because I was no longer willing to trust that because of what you've just said that like you're constantly moving, you're mm-hmm. forming, you're creating a life, then you're build, you're meeting people, you're connecting with other humans so deeply, then you leave them, then you go and you create another life and you're leaving and it just felt so heartbreaking and I could no longer do that at some point. And I thought like, no, this is wrong. I don't want to do that. Like I want to settle down. I want to do all the stuff. And that just wasn't my path. I later learned, you know, like I tried it, but it just didn't work out for me um, in the way that I thought. Like I remember I went home, paid off my debt. Then I started saving. Then I got property. I was like, this is amazing. I'm going to go straight into property now. I've like got myself in order. And like mid 2014, I started crying. So 
just to give you an idea, I bought a property on the beach in Cape Town, my favorite city, still my favorite city. Wake up, I'd watch like I'd be, they'd be the Halderberg Mountains in the background. So I had 360 views, which is insane. Like I'd have mountain views on one side. My property also has a sea uh, sea view on the other because I'm renting it out now. And I was like, this is perfect. This is what I've always wanted. And just like a month later, I find myself crying. And at the time I had a part-time job, I'd go to work and I'd find myself crying at my desk. And all I wanted was crazy. I wanted to wake up and see the ocean, but in the Caribbean, I wanted to be in Tobago (laughs) drinking coconut water. (laughs) And like literally four months later, I was on a flight to Trinidad and Tobago and the rest was history. And what that taught me was I would try to come back to my old life, you know, in Cape Town, because now I had this property and I crafted a life and I promised myself I was going to settle down. And every time I'd come back, I'd feel like I'm living someone else's life. This is not my true life. Mm. So I was like, am I truly going back to traveling? And then one day I went to, so I just kept going, you know, like I would do this chaotic travel where I'd go away for two months and I'd come back for a month because I felt like I owed it to this life to settle down. Then I'd go back and I'd come back. And then one day I went to the UK, came back from the UK and I just packed up my whole life. I didn't even know what I was doing. I just put my apartment up for rent. I'd been there. I'd been back for like a week. And then I just like packed up my entire life, put it in storage and just bought a ticket to India and that, and I was so like in my, in my head, no, it's only temporary. I'm going to come back. And then I think a few months in India, I was like to the tenant, just let's just sign a long-term lease, not a month to month. I'm good. This is not working for me. Whatever I'm going through, it's not temporary. It's permanent. And that's how I went back to traveling. And I think one of the things that I had to accept was maybe my lesson in this lifetime was to learn not to hold on to people and things. And that was okay. That is a hard lesson to learn. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's, you know, they, there's that quote, I think it's a Buddhist quote that says all, all suffering is due to attachments, something yes. to that degree, right? And it that's- is a phenomenon that all of us as humans experience where we, we yeah. attach to things. We say, I need yes. this and I yes. can't let go of this. And, but the essence of life is freedom, you know, some people say that the, the word life, love, God, freedom is all the same thing. So when we wow. try to not be free, we're denying life because life is free. It's, wow. it's meant to be fully expressed. But when we try wow. to say, no, 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 I need to hold on to this person, this place, which all of us do, it's keeping yes. us from being free. And it's so it's scary to let go. But when you do, you realize just as you're living that you can fly right on from one thing to the next. And you can say bye to people because you meet new souls and new experiences that mm. are just as enriching and just as important. And mm. will, we will have new loves and new experiences. Mm. But it's that attachment that we get to things, rightfully so, because we we love things, we are attached to places. But when mm. we get, too, yeah, I just think when we get too attached, it really limits our our true freedom and expression Mm, mm. you just said a word there you said a whole sermon (laughs) (laughs) thank you but yeah that's why i appreciate the guide you are to other people that this life is possible you know that it's it's possible to be able to go where you feel drawn or called and and to let go of something even if it's good (sighs) Mm, mm. I think that has been one of the biggest lessons in my life, right? Is that I do not have to hold on to things, that it's okay to let go. Um, That there's no, everyone always laughs when I do a live video because in every live video that I do in my business, when I do my Facebook lives, I'm like, 
I am settling down here. I'm never leaving. And <laughs> I was like, yeah, I think Mexico is the place for me. And I was, when I was doing a, a live video in Mexico and <laughs> someone said a few months ago on the live, Van, you said that about Thailand. You said that about <laughs> Sri Lanka. You said that about Cambodia. <laughs> and I'm just like, <laughs> and I'm learning to accept that it's okay. It's okay that I feel like every place is home. And it's also okay to feel, to make decisions that come from a space of, I don't want to leave, but my spirit is telling me that it's time to move on. I don't have mm. to, I used to feel like I needed a tangible reason. I don't like this country. I need to go see the next country, all that. I just accepted that it's reason enough to say I'm being guided to leave now. You know, that like my time is up in this country and I'm being guided to bid it farewell and that it's hard to leave because there's no real, I'm not upset. And it's also taught me that like you get to leave places even if there's nothing wrong, you know, you get to say the business model is not working for me. The job is not working for me. The relation, not that not, sorry, I want to backtrack with that. Not that it's not working for me, but that I am enough with this job. I love it. It is beautiful, but I think I want to change or I'm enough with this business model or this particular business. I think I want to fold it or take a break from it. I want to change. Oh, this relationship is so fulfilling, but I think I may want to break or I may want it to evolve into something else. We don't have to, I think I used to wait until things are like completely falling apart before I allowed myself to just move on from things. And I think that's one of the hardest, again, it's been a hard lesson because if things are good, you're told, suck it up, <laughs> like suck all the nectar from it, you know, mm -hmm. and enjoy it. And I'm like, I love, like there's so many places that I've left before I was ready, but because my guidance system has told me, move to the next place, you know? Yeah. Well, again, I, I love so much that you share that you're embracing and accepting this because it is sort of against the grain to constantly be moving on and traveling. And, you know, to say like, okay, I've, I love, I'm in Mexico, this is it. And then you're like, wait a minute, no, it's not. And I don't know, about <laughs> you, but I've, I've been like that my whole life where like I've, yeah. I've moved from jobs pretty quickly. I would move from different places. Yes. And I've had people tell me like, what are you running from? Where are you going? Yes. And I'd say, you know, I hear that. I get that sometimes people keep moving because they don't want to stop too long. Cause if you stop, you do have to kind of sit and feel but I, I don't think it's it's mutually exclusive that if you're traveling, you're running, or if you're staying somewhere put, you're actually grounding. You can be mm -hmm. avoidant being in the same place for 20 years. You can and and you can be totally present within each place you go if you travel to a different mm -hmm. place for 15 years. And Amen. I think that again, the messaging is that oh, people who are sort of gypsies and vagabonds, they're just you know, wanderlust and and don't want to commit or this or that, but. I think that it's just a different sort of lifestyle and pers personality people have where they are just drawn to that and they thrive in that. And that's okay. You know? Mm, mm. I love that. I love that. Cause just like you, I felt it. I felt like you need to settle down. You need to be a particular way when you're adulting, you know? And I used to think that like, I am searching, this is why I'm traveling, you know, that this is why I'm constantly moving. I'm searching for something. I think what I realized when I had that experience in 2014 was that I'm not searching for anything. Maybe this is who I am. This is what my soul desires. Yeah. And that is okay. You know, it's like that. I think it's Mark Twain that said, not all who wonder are lost, yes. you know, and yeah. I keep coming back to that. That like, you don't have to be searching for anything to be yeah. traveling. It's just, this is what sets my soul on fire for other people. Stability sets their soul on fire. Being mm -hmm. in the same place sets their soul on fire. There's nothing wrong, yeah. you know? It's just, this is what my soul desires and this is what sets my soul on fire. Absolutely. Absolutely. And 
you know, I think that it's really powerful when you're able to own and honor yourself just as you are. And just, and, and be, just so you said, you said, I think that this is just how I thrive and what I meant for. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to be able to, you know, again, to honor that and not try and fight it just because it's not always, you know, seen as the standard or the norm. And mm-hmm. I think that's especially important now because I would venture to say, I know a lot of people at this time who are living a lifestyle like you and I, more of like a, a vagabond traveler, journeyer. And I think it has to do with those of us, I mean, from a spiritual perspective, I think there are those of us on this planet right now who are really, you know, going through a lot of evolution in this lifetime. There's a lot to learn from this, this time on this planet where there's so much chaos and we're here. There's many of us who are here to help heal. And in order to heal, we have to be at our, you know, most finely tuned. Mm. And sometimes that happens by being in Costa Rica for two weeks and then going to Mexico yeah. for four months. And because different regions of the earth have different yeah. healing properties, yes. have different essences, have different, you know, energies that really are come into you when you're there and it helps you mm. get exactly what you need at that time. So I think, yes. that, and if you have the ability to honor that, because I mean, it is a gift, right? Not everyone can just yep. go around the world. They they have to be in a certain place for their job, for their family. Yeah. But those of us who have find ourselves in a position to be able to do so, um, it can be just incredible, but it can be kind of challenging to, mm. to embrace it and say, because I know I've, I've questioned it about myself. Like, am I just trying to like Definitely. avoid but it's, I'm yeah. more and more, I'm realizing, you know what, this is my own journey and I honor and respect everyone else's journey, yes. but I'm going to, you know, be okay with how mine looks. Yeah. And also I think that like throughout time, so I've had time to really sit and explore this. I'm like, because so many people have questioned what is it that you're constantly moving from? What are you running from? What are you you know, and it's like, yeah. there's no running, Mm-mm. you know, because it's not like I'm seeking. Like if I was, I feel like even when I arrive in a place, right? Like I, I was saying to you before the podcast that I had to accept, like I was like, oh, Costa Rica, the vibe is you sit on the beach, you chill and you rest. This is it. So I feel like if you're a seeker, then you're like going out there searching. But I'm like, what I've learned is I work with the energy of the land. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I started to look at is throughout time, there have been nomadic tribes since the dawn of humanity. You know, you've got the Beber tribes, you've got all sorts of tribes uh, in Africa that are nomadic. You've got the gypsies, you've got different tribes in North America, South America that have just been moving, you know, it's, there have been these people that are constantly nomadic throughout time, you know, and they've just never had where they've made a home where they move from place to place, you know, and you, even within the animal kingdom, you've got the birds that are constantly migrating. And then you've got animals that are, this is where I live. This is where I chill. So there's just, this is just different people that are here to see things and different animals as well. So there's definitely nothing wrong with it. So I just realized that it's just that as humans, we tend to normalize things. There's a culture where there's a dominant culture that tends to then thrive that we all adopt you know like you wake up you go to school you have a night you go you get a degree you get a nine to five you get married all these things but it doesn't have to be in that order and the problem is that most of us buy into that narrative and then we believe that there's something wrong with us when we don't follow that narrative Whereas like a lot of these narratives are brand new like I was telling one of my friends I was like you know what I know I'm a money coach, but if you don't have retirement savings, the concept of retirement and savings for retirement is brand new. It's like 1920s, 1930s, and actually really took off in the 1940s. So even all our investment schemes, all this is brand new. So if you're taking time to catch up to that, it's new to humanity, you know? So a lot of these models are also not endemic to who we are as humans 
but yes. we've started to take them on and we're like, this is who we are. No, yeah. <laughs> not all of us are geared for that, you know, and it's okay if you're completely not able to fit into any of this and you are not doing things the way that you're expected to do them. A baby by 30, a husband by 30, all these things. It's brand new. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know, it's, it kind of goes back to what I was saying before. It's, it can be very oppressive to feel like you have to fit mm. and it really, it limits our freedom. It keeps us constrained to say, yeah. I think there's a lot of people who in their hearts maybe feel, oh, I don't, I don't know if I'm ready to be a mom or get married. Yeah. I don't know, but we see that there's this so much pressure that people around yeah. us are friends. And we're like, well, I don't want to look different because there's not yeah. a lot of embrace about being different in our world. We've come a mm-hmm. long way, right? But in general, people still yeah. don't really want to stand out because those who stand out get pointed out. And they say, exactly. you? you're, you know, you're in exactly. your late 30s and you're just traveling the world and you're not settled down. And it's like, yeah. And I'm learning to be embraced. And I also love my life. And if you love your life, then who cares? Like what it looks, as long as you're not anyone else, you know, do your thing and whatever makes you thrive. And if people are, if, you know, I do know people who all they wanted was a family. And so they're super happy Mm -hmm. having a family. And that's like you said, there's nomadic tribes. And then there's the ones that like that set up shop and they stay put. There's, you know, different uh, lifestyles for every different people. And I, I hope that we continue to be more embracing of different ways of, of living and experiencing life for whatever works best for you. Yep. Like definitely. And for me, that's one of the things that I had to accept. And also, you know, one of the things I say to people is I don't think I would have been an entrepreneur or even been able to grow my business if I wasn't traveling. The reason I say that is So this is going to sound bizarre, right? But like every single time I have asked to grow my business, I've been sent to a different country and it's not for healing or for things that I think that I will get. I also don't understand it. For example, when I decided to do my business full-time to go from part-time to full-time in 2017, the guidance I got was to move to Chiang Mai, Thailand. And I was like, what the how? But I can tell you if I hadn't moved to Chiang Mai, I wouldn't have been able to scale my income and go beyond $2,500 a month in my business and build a six-figure business. And the reason for that was that in Chiang Mai, I met certain people who became part of my network who completely started to expand my way of thinking, who started to remind me about the value of coaching and hiring coaches, who started to really get me to think differently. I went to activities that were like, wow, where I would meet random people. And one or two conversations would leave me just like going, like, what did I just hear? And they completely opened up my world. Like I met so many people that... I would just be having random conversations, but those conversations would spark something in me and would just completely open me up. Yeah. And literally after asking for that guidance from the universe, like eight months later, my income had gone from like $2,500 a month to like $8,000 a month. I just like created this jump from moving to Chiang Mai, which didn't make sense at the time. You know, so like all these things, I just, I feel like you're working with intuition as well. And what would work for one person would not necessarily work for me because yeah. all the stuff that was work that I was doing in the business world and doing all of it wasn't working for me in that regard. But just like this one move to a different country shifted me so much. It just like cracked open so much within me. And here we are. (laughs) And here we are. Well, can you tell us more about your work? Because I mean, I think that's, I mean, again, that goes along with the concept of trusting your guidance and being open to alternative ways of, you know, getting business counseling, which isn't always based on like working with a coach. Sometimes it's just getting to a new environment with new energies that might open up a new door for you, right? And yeah. I think it sounds like being open that has really benefited you. Um, but the, I want to talk about your work that you do that, and that affords you to travel the world and be, a, you know, a money and, and business coach. 
And because it's so important because, I mean, talk about trusting, you know, and trusting and kind of letting go when it comes to money, that is such a tricky Mm. issue in our world because, I mean, money is essentially, you know, make-believe, right? It's this concept, it's an energetic thing that we've made up that this is, this is what value is. This is how you have, you know, abundance or means. This is when you don't, this is how you earn money. This is how you lose. I mean, it's, and it's, it basically governs our world in a large degree, um, which is unfortunate because then we become, we become slaves to money, but also there's so much fear around money and finances. And I know that's, and again, I'd love for you to talk more about your work. I know that has a lot to do with it is money trauma is a base of your work where people have, I mean, because when you are without means and in financial straits, Mm. it is scary. It's hard. It's overwhelming. It's anxiety inducing. So yeah, I'd love to hear about how did you get into this line of work? And then how do you help others with their money traumas, money fear and money insecurities? Mm, So I got into this. So I help mainly women of color, but I work with women from all walks of life really um, heal ancestral money traumas. So obviously because of my travels and everything, my clients are from all over the world and it's just been amazing. Um, So how I got into this line of work is I actually have a finance degree from the University of Cape Town and I went to do, so I also have an honors degree and then I went to do my master's, my MBA at the Simmons School of Management in Boston, Massachusetts. So the idea was I was already traveling, but I'd raked up debt from my travels as I was traveling. So that's why I went to do the MBA because in my head, it was like, I'll have an MBA. Everyone's going to hire me. I'm going to be like so marketable and I'm going to make more money than I've ever made. And my finances are going to be on point. And then I'm going to go... So this was my plan, literally. I'm going to go into private equity or investment banking and then I'll take two-week vacations. I'll move to the U.S. and I'm willing to work because I was was studying in the U.S., right? So I was like, I'm going to work like 16-hour days. I romanticize this, by the way. I was like, I want to be in investment banking so I can work 12 to 16-hour days, make lots of money, and then I'm going to retire by 40 because I won't have time to spend my money. But it will be great because I'll be making all this money. Oh, that was me. <laughs> so then... As and how, how long ago was that? This was in uh, 2008. So I was like right before, like, so this was right before my 25th birthday. Okay. Mm, Actually, when did I apply for the MBA? I was like 23. So I was like, yes. So I'm like, I'm going to do this. (laughs) So I sign up for this program and I'm laughing now because it's like, wow. So I keep going, but like in my spirit, something, I mean, I'm a traveler. I've been traveling for about four years up until now, right? Mm -hmm. But something in my spirit is like, no, man, this is not okay. (laughs) You know, that I'm like, this is the plan. This is the only way that I'm going to make money and I'm sticking to the plan. I am not deviating from this plan at all. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I continue. And lo and behold, I graduate from this MBA program with really great grades, like straight A's, everything. And um, I'm completely freaking out, you know? I'm like having a full-on moment of like, I'm scared, but I don't want to acknowledge it. It doesn't feel right in my spirit. So I launch a business where I'll be helping spoken word poets do stuff, but I'm also applying for jobs uh, as in investment banking. And then something really weird starts to happen. I start getting panic attacks every time I handle money. Every time I have to talk about money, every time I have to deal with money. I keep pushing through these panic attacks. I have panic attacks. A year later, the panic attacks escalate. I go to a bank. I'm going to a Bank of America ATM and I'm wanting to withdraw money. And I literally can't get to the ATM. I end up like sitting on the side of the road, on the sidewalk and having a full-blown panic attack. 
And I'm just like, okay, this can't last. But as with all things, it takes a while. So it progresses. My panic attacks progress to the point where it becomes depression and I can no longer get out of bed. And all this is somehow linked to money. Everything. Like I'm trying to apply for jobs. Now this actually means I can no longer go to job interviews. You know, my entire plan that I had is like, now that has to fall by the wayside because my my mental health takes precedence because then I started ha- I start being suicidal. It's just going downhill from there. And all this is triggered by money. This is what is so weird. Like if I just handle money, talk about money, do anything with money, invoice people, it's like my whole day goes to pot. Like it's just a whirlwind. And now you have to handle money every day to go buy things, to do anything. Eventually, um, I start learning about positive affirmations. It gets worse, actually, <laughs> you know, as I do try to do positive thinking, try to pretend that this isn't happening. I feel good. I'm working on myself with the positivity. It's not helping me. It's getting more and more intense until a friend of mine says something really interesting. So two friends. One friend tells me about the pasta meditation. So I instantly sign up because what are my options, you know? Another friend t- asked me, he goes, Van, you're from a family of shamans. What if this is not just your depression? It is your, it's ancestral depression. Now, something to understand is like if someone, I grew up around shamans and spirituality and all this work. When I got to university, I rejected everything. I rejected the herbs. I rejected like, oh, you grew up on like like eating food that was not processed. That's how I grew up, you know, unprocessed foods, eating straight from the ground. I didn't, I grew up with, I never drank caffeine growing up. We weren't allowed to, never had like, coca-cola we'd have like one glass once in a while or like soda everything was like straight from the ground homemade really good food like even now people are always shocked when I make my vegan food and they're like your food is so good I'm like yeah I grew up on this like I grew up watching how this food was made tasty and so good but when I so this so I'm saying this to say I didn't go that route to start off with was I grew up with it and I rebelled against it. I hated that. Like I was this child growing up because spirituality back then wasn't this when I was a child, it wasn't this awesome thing. I was teased a lot. Oh, what? You're not allowed to drink soda. Oh, wow. And then shamed about that. Because like, why are you drinking water? Why are you eating fruit? Why does your mom not give you lunch full of like junk? Why are you always, why do you have like a whole pack of fruit and salads and things to go to school? So when, when my friend said that, it kind of sparked this whole like, oh God, what? So when I went to the past now, all these, I started to notice that there was a link between my body and my emotions. And every time that my mind for 10 days, even though I wasn't managing money, everything was about money for me. And it was causing so much angst and anxiety in my body, even though I didn't have to deal with money. So when I got out of the past now, this is how I started the work. I went back to my roots, what I had been taught growing up, what I'd learned about ancestors. I started But then I started looking into research. I started merging it with my work, what I'd learned at school around money. And I was like, okay, erase everything that I've learned. Let me look into behavioral finance. And I started looking into the psychology of money. And I started doing research on that, which is how I wrote my first book, Heart, Mind and Money, using emotional intelligence for financial success. I research like if you read that book I keep um I cite a lot of um thesis and academic studies that have been done around emotions and money and then I started going into trauma work and I started looking and talking to my mother my sister's a shaman as well started talking to people around me and just saying 
what is it that I've learned in my own culture around ancestral trauma and how trauma passes down from bloodline from one generation to the next. Mm -hmm. And then what are the stuff that we do to heal it? And then what is it that's coming through from the guidance? And I started communicating with my ancestors because people are always like, how do you know this stuff? Where did you learn it? Who guided you to create these meditations? I literally went back to talking to my ancestors, to my guides and asking them to help me heal. Because also my mother from a very young age had told us about all this work around ancestral healing. And she had said, if you ever have any problems, we're coming, we come from a family of really powerful healers and your great, great grand aunts were some of the most powerful womb healers of their time. And they were doing cesareans before the West did cesareans. So you can go and you can ask them, you can kneel down, talk to them and ask them to bring forth that knowledge that it be awakened within you. So this is how I came to do this work really and truly. <laughs> wow. That that's remarkable. That's incredible. And so it is so important because, you know, as, as we've talked about, you know, money is, it can be a wonderful thing because it can just be a means to living the life that you desire. But when there is this, this, because I mean, money comes down to any insecurities, right? A lack of belief in sufficiency, you know, a lack of mindset. And that can really kind of be insidious, just like, you know, personal insecurity. Like when you just don't think you're worthy enough or good enough with money, it can be like, because again, it's energetic. So when we have this belief that Mm. money won't come to me, we push it away. We're not going to, but just as you've said with, in your personal experience, you've had times where money comes, money goes. And something else you talk about in your book and in your work is that trusting that ebb and flow that again, money energy so that we trust I mean, I know I've had times in my life where I had very upsetting financial disturbances where something happened yes. and all of a sudden I was like, I'm really going to spend this much money on this, you know, crazy thing that happened. And it can be hard, kind of like we we're talking about attachment. It's like, no, but I wanted that yeah. money. I didn't want to spend yes. that money on getting a dental implant, <laughs> which is so expensive. Yes. Stuff like that. And exactly. you're trying to hold on to it, but you got to let go because what I found is that it, it truly yeah. does. If I just trust new different something else will come in and then i i don't know i've, I've kind of almost found that it's almost just like a, a natural cycle of things where it just seems like sometimes money is meant to leave you and then sometimes money yes. and whether it's in the form of again dental work or like a treat yeah. expect just not trying to fight it i think also something we struggle yes. with so much is fighting everything that happens to us whether it's a relationship that doesn't work out, a job that doesn't work out, a home that doesn't work out. And we spend mm. so much time thinking, why? Why did this happen? Yes. Like, okay, thank you for this gift. Because just yes. we're guided to do this work and to go to Costa Rica, we are all guided to each point and experience of our lives. But when we fight yes. it, like, I don't want this. This isn't how I thought it should look. I, this is not ideal then we're, we're sort of doing a disservice to this lesson that we're meant to be experiencing, whether it's money related or personally related. Exactly. I don't know if you guys can hear, if you can hear the rain in the background now. But, so my, my last guest, we, when we were recording, when she, she's in Costa Rica, this so giant nice. rumble of thunder came through during our interview. It was Whoa. so cool. Oh my I God. literally sit on the porch and I just watched the rain. And I keep thinking to myself, you know, if I'd never taken the lead to travel, we don't have like in everyday lives. Like when I talk to my friends, they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, nothing. I'm just like watching the rain on the pod. Like there's nothing much to do. <laughs> just watching the rain. Just being in like, immense beauty and oh. vibrant, luscious jungle life. That's all. Right. <laughs> Yeah, but I wanted to say I agree with you with uh, what you're saying about money scarcity and all that. And actually, I'm going through a moment right now where um, I've had to spend the money I wasn't planning on, on lawyers and legal stuff and all sorts of things. And it's been like a whole process of just trusting, you know, and just being like, this is for my business. I'm trusting that I'm doing the right thing. And it's been hard. So, 
as you're talking about that, like one of the things that as people, I've literally gotten on phone calls with my clients and my mastermind and they're like, how are you? I'm like, it's been hard. I'm in Costa Rica. I love it, but I'm being called to trust in my own work right now. So I have a body of work called the spirit of money meditations where like you connect with the spirit of money and I work with that. And I've just like been doing this work myself and I'm just like having to trust my own work. And I also have um, a journal. So part one and part two, which is like a whole year journal called the next level you woman money journal. And I'm like working on that and working on connecting with my womb around money and all that. And just that level of trust to be like, I'm being called to also at the same time as all this is happening to elevate and invest in other areas of my business and to trust that I should do that and I should move on and continue to do that. Yes. I don't want to minimize how much faith that takes, you know, and how much self-trust that takes and how much trusting of money that takes, you know, and also having to feel into that. Like I've been talking a lot about like, feeling my anger towards money in this time period of my life because mm. I had other ideas of what I wanted to do with this money. And it feels in my head like it's a delay now that my a real estate project that I'm working on is being delayed. But I know it's not intellectually, but there's still that element that I now need to work on that myself, on my own stuff. Yes. So yeah, I'm loving this conversation. <laughs> Me too, because I think, and I'm glad we're having it because I think it's important for everyone to hear because again, whether it's money or a relationship or a job you wanted or personal, like getting past something, maybe that you've trauma that you've struggled to get over. Mm-hmm. You know, I know for me, there's been traumas in my life that I was like, when is this, when am I going to get over this? Like, when mm-hmm. am I going to actually heal this? You do a lot of different healing work, but all these things, the connecting thread is that it's, patience with the process and, and trust in the process, you know, just as you said, there's when, you know, caveats come into whether it's a business plan or personal pursuit. And you're Mm. like, these are expenses I didn't expect. And how am I supposed to put this? And also if it feels like something like, really, like I have to pay this much money for that. Like, and again, the attachment to let go and just say, okay, this is the path of my business. I mean, the story of most millionaires or people who are very successful financially, not that that's necessary to be successful, but just the story of people who gain a lot of money is they are gigantic pitfalls that lead to huge uprisings. Yes. Yes. It's rarely that someone just gradually continues up towards a huge, uh, you know, fortune. It's, they have to trust that. Okay. Sometimes I lose money to get a bigger win later on. Right. And the same thing with when you're healing your trauma, sometimes I have to go the depth of my soul to the most painful parts to be freer than I could have ever thought. And that's exactly what's been happening. Cause I feel like why I say, I feel like I've been led here is because like my biggest trauma around rejection has been was triggered in September and I just like experienced this massive massive trauma of rejection which is a trauma that I carry from childhood Mm -hmm. um as a child I was heavily I, I was abused I come from an abusive household but I was also bullied throughout throughout kindergarten primary school high school I was just a child that was constantly bullied you know So that trauma of rejection and experiencing bullying again, I just like had a whole moment in September around that. And it was just, it just completely floored me and it triggered me. And every part of me has wanted to go into hiding and to run. So why I say like, I love, I feel like I've been supported in um, Costa Rica. I've also been living in a jungle. So I've had that, you know? I've like been far from the Madden crowd. It's felt like I've been cocooned, but I haven't felt like I'm in hiding because I'm still showing up for my work. I'm still doing the work. I'm still um, showing up for client work, but it's also just been a moment in my life where it's also then triggered the same wounds and it's made me, and I talk a lot about this, like how sometimes when we're triggered, we can um, our sub-personalities can use money as a tool to protect us. So you start uh, blocking money energetically or getting rid of money energetically or like 
souls you didn't know existed literally have been coming out of the blue for me. I'm like, what, what's happening? Like, where has this bull been? Like, people are like, oh, we forgot to send you this bull. We forgot to send you this. Oh, wow, really? All at once. And a huge part of that is also um, that our sub-personalities, the parts of us that feel unsafe, and the parts of me, I'll speak for what I know has been happening with me, is that the parts, my inner teen and my inner child that are scared of being visible and that the money, like making more money, expanding, having resources makes me more visible because it doesn't stop me. Like right now, one of the projects that I've been, that I was meant to start on is a 10 unit apartment building that I'm building a 10 unit apartment building back South Africa. So that now would make me even more visible, create an extra stream of income, passive income, all sorts of things, right? So those parts of me that have now been triggered by this rejection and the rejection ironically also comes from how much money I've been making in my business or the perceived <laughs> money that I've been making in my business. So now those parts of me are like, oh my gosh, if I make more money, I start to up level beyond this, I'm going to be even more rejected. I'm going to be rejected even more mm. and on a larger scale. And it's so scary. So what do those parts do? They shut down. Uh, they try to protect me by making sure that like money is blocked or creating emergencies or bringing up legal fees, legal bills, all these things. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Oh my gosh. So much right there. <laughs> like that's, that's a lot, but cause, okay. First of all, I want to really thank you for, for bringing up and speaking to your experience, you know, growing up in an abusive home and also being bullied. You know, I had that same experience through, you know, middle school, high school. Yeah. And, yeah. and I, I, I'm a therapist now and I work with ki- teens and kids and I, I will yeah. see often, and even to adults who experience it is that I think that bullying is very underrated in terms of the impact yeah. on us because when we're children, we don't know how to have a self-concept aside from what our, whether we're accepted by our peers, our family, and what people say to us. We're, we're, def- yes. we're learning who we are. We don't have a strong sense of self. So when people reject yeah. us and bully us, it fundamentally shifts how our belief about ourselves. Oh, I'm, there's something yes. wrong with me. I'm, I'm not yes. worthy. People don't like me. And that sits with yes. you. And that's a heavy feeling to have. And It is, hey, it's. It's so heavy. And it, like, I want, sorry to interrupt, but I no. I think one of the things that I want to talk about is that like a lot of people will see me, like I do so many magazine interviews. I do a lot of radio and TV interviews, especially in South Africa. Mm. And people have this concept that like, oh, you must be so secure and so self-confident. I'm like, no, because every so often I'll hit my limit and something will come bigger than I plan. And it will remind me that like, you know, people have the power to reject you and someone will respond in some type of way. Someone close to me will respond in, oh, uh, some like one of my friends told me, oh, it's the van show now as you expand. It's the van show everywhere you go because of all this publicity and she then stopped being friends with me and it was one of my closest friends, right? That triggered all of that bullying all over again, that fear of like, you will be rejected, you'll end up alone and you'll once more be the child who's eating lunch alone yeah. when everyone else has some kind of click because I never had that growing up, you know? So I still have those deep, deep fears and they come up once in a while, even in my romantic relationships. I'll be like, I'm scared that like this will happen all over again. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's, I mean, anything that happens to us in those fundamental years stays with us. Right. And, and, you know, I believe that we do heal it in a lot of ways, but there's some things that we'll just always feel a little sad about and a a little bit insecure about. And I think that's just life is that there's some things that, you know, it's just sort of a a part of who we are and we learn how to work with it. But another thing I will say, Manile, is that, you know, I personally believe, because I'm learning this too, is that you said that you were, you know, you had that rejection thing come up with this, you know, okay, well, I'm getting more, you know, visibility, but with that comes more rejection. I have fear around this. It's triggering old things. But I believe when things when things come into our life that hit a nerve, it's because it's giving us another opportunity to heal that nerve. Because to me, it's, 
what it's saying, Vanilla, is that you are going to keep growing and you are going to gain yeah. more visibility because you're needed. You have wisdom, mm-hmm. you have inspiration to offer others. You're a powerful, you know, wise woman who's here to offer her gifts. But, you know, if you get as big as you can get, then it's important to, to, to shed as much of that fear of rejection that you can. So to me, every yeah. opportunity, cause I, I, I've been there too recently where I feel like I just get the wind knocked out of me. Something happens and it's yeah. like, a punch and it's like, why did this have to happen? I thought I was done with this. Why did I have yeah. to have all these emotions stirred back up? But to me, again, it's the world saying, Hey, this is going to happen as you, if you gain yeah. more visibility, if you grow yourself to what you say, cause we're setting our intention to the universe, right? When we say, I want to yeah. grow my business. I want to speak mm. this to the world. I want to be an inspiration to women of color who want to heal their own wounds. Then the universe mm. is going to say, okay, well then we're going to keep helping you be safe with yes. and be comfortable with your wounds. Right? Yes. I agree. Cause I feel like one, so one of the things that I've been working on is really the fear of rejection. Yeah. And one of the things that I realized is that I've been walking, that there's still a part of me. And I realized this about a week ago in like a breathwork meditation that there's still a part of me that's been walking around rejecting myself and that I've been projecting that fear of rejection onto the world. Yes. You know, that little girl who is still in middle school, who is still in high school, still doesn't believe that she gets to be part of the community, that she get, that she has been the one to build the tribe that she's built all that and she's still in disbelief and is still walking around with that wound of rejection. And I've been waiting. It's almost like I've been waiting for the rejection to happen. And because she's been waiting for the rejection to happen. So now the work that I've had to do was to work with her and to be like, it's okay. You can let it go. You can lay that down. It's okay. And, and it's also okay that I've been walking around projecting the self-rejection onto others because I think part of me has been super, super scared to own my power. And that's another thing. Like I've been feeling that a lot in my womb. So I've been doing a lot of womb work, this mm. fear of owning my power. And this one is very ancestral, which is like the fear that like as a woman who owns her power, then how do you... um like, am I still going to have the same relationships with women in my circles? Will I be seen as too much? This is the thing that keeps coming up for me. Like, you'll be too much. You're going to be too much. Especially because one of the things that I was told in September was learn to be humble. You need to learn to humble yourself. And by that, I knew how it was being said to me. It wasn't that learn to be humble in, in terms of like, you know, it was like learn to make yourself smaller kind of thing, you know, don't yeah. be so out there. Don't be too much. The context in which it was said wasn't like, you know, and I think sometimes women are called to be humble, to have humility as in like learn a little bit how to contract yourself. So I felt like it's, you're just too much. Yes. You know, so that's one of the things that I've been dealing with. And this thing of like allowing myself to be too much, giving myself power to be too much, to have my voice and just yes. up and be too much. And it's been, I don't want to minimize it. It's been scary because it's the very thing that has been said to me that like caused so much friction in my life, especially in September was you're not humble enough. You're too much, you know? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good for you for really sitting with that and exploring it and saying, you know what? I need to think about what I think, not what other people are telling me. And sometimes it's a mix of both, right? Like there's always, there's always a place for humbleness, right? But there's There's always, okay, like, let me take consideration for this, but there's also time and place to say, you know what? I want to be, it's okay to be big and to be, Mm -hmm. you know, take up a lot of space and to be seen and to not feel Mm -hmm. like I have to shrink myself down. It's a balancing thing. Cause we also, you know, I, I I think for me, humbleness comes in when it says it's not all about me and like that I'm going to do this. It's about the work itself and what I'm bringing through what I'm channeling through through my abilities, but that doesn't mean that we aren't, you know, there to shine too and get to have that sense of, wow, I'm not rejected. I'm actually being embraced. 
because I'm yeah. brave to take on this work and bring it into the world. And I deserve to be seen for that. And you deserve to be seen for that. So thank you yeah. so for, for speaking to that. Yeah. Just, I really want to say like, thank you for, for doing what you do and for speaking out and being such thank a voice of empowerment and, but also, you know, non-conventionality and saying like, Hey, live the life that you want. It's possible trust yourself more and you can find greater peace and healing. Yes. Thank you. I think the journey, it's a constant journey, but I love it. And I think this is the beauty of why we do the work that we do, right? So that we can heal and we can give ourselves permission to live this life, Yes, you know, uh, an unconventional life. And as we do that, it also gives others permission by default, because they know that like, oh, it's fine. Yeah. It's not a big deal. Exactly. And we give each other permission. And, that's, yeah. and then that opens us up to embracing who we are and having these and, and reaching our highest potential, not yeah. keeping ourselves small, right? Yes. Yes. So I definitely feel a, I feel that. Like, I'm so grateful to do this work. I'm so grateful with me that you get to do this work and that you have this podcast and people are learning also how to do the work for themselves and how to pull themselves through these uh, experiences. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, this has been such a wonderful conversation, Anneli. I'm so grateful to have met you. I hope to collaborate. Maybe we'll even run into each other in future travels. I'm sure with all our bouncing around one day, we're going to end up in the same spot in this world. I think so. Definitely. Please let's definitely keep in touch. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so That's grateful. Um, Vanilla, if people want to work with you, here. if people want to work with you and find out more about you, how can they find you? Oh, yeah. So I do have a free seven-day tapping into ancestral money wisdom training. People can check it out at wealthy-money.com forward slash training. Again, wealthy-money.com forward slash training and you will receive an email you'll be able to sign up um to uh to the program on there to the training on there shoot me an email and just let me know that you want to work with me i'll also find me on instagram twitter and facebook under vangile makwakwa so my first and last name which will be on the podcast just Mm -hmm. find me on there and yeah hit me up i would really really love to hear what you guys thought And I respond to inboxes all the time. I'm always just happy to have conversations. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, thank you again so much. Lovely to have you on the show. I'm sure we'll talk soon. Enjoy Costa Rica while you're there. Thank you so much, Whitney. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Thank you. That wraps up our beautiful conversation with our wonderful guests. Thank you so much for listening to the Women Waken podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please do share it with others and come back for more. If anything you heard resonates, leave a review or send me an email at Whitney at womenwaken.com and check out the website, womenwaken.com. Have a wonderful rest of your day and don't forget to let your light shine and keep an eye out for your special gifts and magic.